The Spread Show. Everybody, welcome to a very special professional wrestling edition of The Spread. On today's show, we're going to talk about wrestling in the COVID era, the retirement of one legend, the reemergence of another, a potentially game-changing new partnership. And of course, we're going to give our predictions for this weekend's upcoming NXT. Games. I am Babyface producer Big Jim. Joined today by our resident live tweeter, Rich. Rich, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Just busy watching old WrestleManias back when uh, the biz used to mean something. <laughs> back when they were running 93,000 at the Silver Dome. Yeah. I mean, Superdome. <laughs> <laughs> the super, the, I mean, the Super Silver. I, I don't know what I mean anymore. God damn it. Hit Austin's music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just break glass and get running. So obviously, like every other sport in the world, 2020 has been uh, difficult. <laughs> weird, weird, it's weird. Uh, it's it's just been one of these things that you don't know where it's going to go from week to week. You, we saw it with the NFL, where one week everyone on the Baltimore Ravens seems to be okay, and now. Next week, everyone's on the injured list. Like it's it's been so so far, you know, dealing with the COVID the COVID pandemic and everything. What has wrestling been like for you in the last few months? Um, I feel like I haven't been watching as much live, but when I do watch it live, I do tend to live tweet it, and I will go back and watch the matches, like all the Kenny Omega, Pentagon, Kenny Phoenix, Kenny Hangman. Mm-hmm. All the tag team matches. And I feel like I'll go back and watch the matches that are really, really good. And uh, I wasn't really liking SmackDown. And then Roman Reigns came back. And then now I'm all in on Roman Reigns. Yeah, there's been some very interesting... What I'd like to think is is second half adjustments that companies have been having to make over the last few months. So just to give kind of a perspective on... Like how much of an impact like things have 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 really had on wrestling. You went from a time where you had full stadiums to virtual fans. To yeah. like the locker room hanging out at ringside. Um, and it's just crazy because I felt like we had Royal Rumble, they were in Phoenix mm-hmm. Stadium, completely full. Yep. Uh full gear. What was full gear at Chicago? Um mm, you mean Revolution? Revolution, Revolution. Revolution, yeah. uh, Revolution was in Chicago. It so was, then it they was had a full in... house there. Yep, I was there. Yeah, it was. And then the best match like of all time. Yeah, yeah best 14. match of all time. <laughs> uh, and then the la- I just remember it was weird because like the COVID thing happened and it was on a Wednesday. <laughs> like they ran AEW in Denver, if I'm not yep. mistaken. And then a- NXT was in full sale. And then the next day they're like, "Oh, there's no more fans." Yeah, and and to give. Some of our listeners out there who aren't maybe um, as acquainted with the world of professional wrestling as maybe they are the NFL or the NBA, here's some here's some viewership perspective on what has happened since the outbreak happened. So, really, I kind of mark the start of the COVID era at a March 16th. I think that was the very first raw where it was from the performance center. 
I think that's right. Yes. So in the first 11 episodes of Monday Night Raw for just this year, they were averaging about 2.28 million viewers per show. Since then, viewership averages 1.79 million. Ugh. Um, you see similar drops for SmackDown. They were at 2.51 million. Now they're down to 2.05 million, 2.8 or 2.08. If you take out the weird week where they had to go to FS1, where they only got like 888,000 viewers. Yeah, that was weird. Um, NXT is only down about 25,000 on average. They were averaging about 718. Now it's 695. They haven't lost a lot. AEW, 884. Now, 776. So they're down about 108,000 uh, viewers per episode. Damn, I feel like that's a lot. I feel like they still pop a number, but I guess they've had some... It's been in the 700s. Yeah, they've been kind of that 700, 800 range. And then they had that one week that was also 595,000 that I think ran mm. up against one of the presidential debates. So, yeah, so we also got to take it was an election year. And so, like, the yep. Wednesdays were weird, the Mondays, mm-hmm. and then, I don't know, it was... The, the old people were watching a lot of the news. <laughs> well, and, and one of the things, too, I mean, obviously, there is a lot. It's it's not a very simple picture here when we look at these types of numbers, right? There's a lot of things that go into it. You know, you've got Monday Night Football, which affects Raw's ratings. You have basically anything that really interests 18 to 49-year-olds impacts AEW's viewership. Yeah. Like the debates. Um, Even the VP debate kind of took away from some of their viewership. Um, It's, but I think part of it is just you don't have these fans and that really, that kind of takes away from that viewership experience. Um. Because now you're having to focus on what's happening more in the ring. And you're not kind of getting that secondary, I guess, secondary high off of the crowd. Oh, the yeah. crowd loves this. Oh, so this must be, this must be good. I know there's, but there's so many things where I'm just like, man, if there was a crowd for this, yeah. like, God, uh, like just, just the sting thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though they had people in the crowd for this past week when, when sting, and we'll talk about that a little bit later too. Um, there was some, but it is one of those kind of theater of the minds. You're just like, oh man, what if this place had 5,000, 10,000, 25,000, like the roof. I mean, Daly's place doesn't have a roof, but if they did, it would just be completely gone. Yeah. Oh, Sergeant Slaughter's at SmackDown. So is Vince mm-hmm. and Briscoe. They're doing oh, the man. silence for Patterson. Um, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Um, but I, like we we're kind of saying, so you're, you're taking away these aspects that fans are so accustomed to seeing, you know, they're, they're accustomed to hearing fans, hearing cheering. And now you're just putting folks into either an amphitheater or a small performance center and it's deafening silent and you really don't know how to feel about anything. Yeah, and like some of the matches, you just feel like they're so quiet, and you're just like, "Oh, this sucks." Yeah, and it it also it it does put more focus on the in ring product. Like back, I was thinking about this today. We always kind of you know I wouldn't say we, but you know there is this aura about the Attitude Era, right? Where it's like, oh, the crowd was going crazy for everything. You know, everything was wild. 
You go back and watch one of those old pay-per-views, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that was happening in the ring is garbage. It's so bad. Uh, um, a lot of the characters were bad. Like uh, the Godwins, you know. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, so, <laughs> many, so many out there that you can just name, but the crowd is just adding to it. So like the New Age Outlaws could go out, have an absolutely garbage-looking five-minute match, and you don't care because the crowd is adding to it. Now, without the crowd, all you have is what's happening in the ring and what's happening with characters, and it's changing the dynamic. Yeah, it it's so weird without a crowd. Because, like, so just for WrestleMania, like, the Otis and Mandy storyline, mm-hmm. like, if there was a crowd, they would have been going apeshit for Otis finally getting yeah. a kiss. And then you're or, just like, oh. Or even if you, like... Man, this—I mean, we we talk about 2020 being just a long year. Like, there are so many things that happened at the start of this year that you don't really like. It it doesn't register, right? Like, Becky Lynch announcing her pregnancy just happened this past April, right after WrestleMania. Yeah, and that, that feels like uh, eons ago at this point. Yeah, it feels like forever. It feels like last year. Yeah, it really, it really does, and. Like you said, you lose those those moments. It's, it's like, oh man, that was it was still really cool to see something like Becky Lynch announcing her pregnancy to the world. Um, but again, you go back and you're like, man, what if she did that in front of a crowd? Like she was yeah. the hottest superstar in the world, probably at that point. Um, and just to hear that crowd just just going nuts. Yeah, it, and then like the. Just so many. I'm just thinking, just on AEW side alone, mm-hmm. like not even the WWE, but just like the FTR coming back or yep. signing with them. Mm-hmm. Every time Cody came back, every Cody match, every Jericho entrance, yep. even with the, even when they have the thousand fans there, the Jericho entrance, you can hear it. And I was like, imagine if it was a full house every Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, it would be. It would be just. I mean, I've been in those crowds, and it is like the loudest part of those shows is when Cody comes out and when Erico came out. Um, yeah. But yeah, you got your big moments that the Bucks winning the tag titles would have been oh, Matt Hardy coming back. <laughs> Matt Hardy, the blood and guts match we never got between the Elite and the Inner yeah, Circle. Inner Circle. Uh, Mr. Brody's debut. Oh, and that was what. It was in his hometown, yes. That would have been the loudest yep. pop ever. Fuck. That would have been huge. Um, I'm trying to think of other just really, really big moments in general that would have been... I don't remember when it was the Cody-MJF match. Was that Revolution? Ooh, that, that, was, that was last year. That was at was last, it last year? Okay. full gear. And everything blurs together nowadays. <laughs> right. Well, and even like Moxley winning the title was back oh, at Revolution. Yeah. Um, another one... What a... Like Justin Dust or uh, Jushin Thunder Liger retiring. Liger. Mm-hmm. That happened four days into the year, and it feels like forever ago. Uh, but there have been a lot of really good things, though, that have happened during this kind of weird era. Um, you have the emergence of Bailey as probably being maybe one of the top horsewomen now. Yeah, her the, yeah, her um, character works like another level. Uh, just just on the WWE side, I would go with the Bailey, mm-hmm. uh, the cinematic match between a, the Boneyard match. The Boneyard match happened this year. Holy cow! Even uh, we got NWO Cena 
That was great. <laughs> that's, that's true, yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns finally got to turn heel. Man, that's been that that in itself could be a whole podcast, but Roman Reigns, yeah, Roman Reigns, um, Money in the Bank, being the guy the was guy at won? yes, like the guy that's gonna make them billions of dollars, and he's gonna go to Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Money in the Bank, that was yes, it was at headquarters. It was so weird. Yeah. They killed Baron Corbin, killed two people, and he was never tried for murder or nothing. Yeah, he killed Alistair Black <laughs> and Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio's had a really rough year. Yeah. <laughs> Lost his eye, got thrown off of a building. Oh, poor guy. Mm-hmm. His daughter's dating Buddy Murphy. Just, you yeah. don't want to let him date wrestlers. Come on, guys. You know better. Yeah, we, all, we all know how that goes. We've seen, yeah. we've seen the stories. Um, and I feel like the, uh, if you want to go back to AEW, just mm-hmm. the stadium stampede, that match was... Stadium stampede. Hilarious. And it's, and it's funny, too, because that's... The stadium stampede match was a match that could only live in a world with no fans because they just yeah. ran all over Jag Stadium and did the most bonkers, ridiculous stuff. And really in a time when we needed a good laugh, we needed some brevity from, from the world, it was there. And it was one of the most incredible, incredible things. Yeah. And for a while, the, uh, the little rib was always, what's his name? Sammy getting run over with things. Vera getting run over. It yeah, they, and they even play that later. I mean, they played that through the whole thing and then into his uh, elite deletion match with Matt Hardy. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and, and then if even if we go to, um, if we go internationally with it, this year's G1 Climax may be one of the best we've had in a really, really long time. With yeah, it, short and it shows. Was, yeah, it was so weird with Coda saying it was harder because they got every day off. And I was like, wait, every other day off, and they'd only wrestle one match and then have a day off and wrestle one match. Yeah, I was, I was like, wait, how's that harder? And he was like, no, I'm just used to wrestling 20, every day. 30, 30 straight days. And he's like, it was weird taking a day off, taking two days off. I haven't been dropped on my neck twice today. I'm <laughs> yeah. concerned. And even those shows, I mean, you know, we I, I watch it every year and stuff. And, the, and traditionally, those are like four and a half hour shows oh. per day. And when you're trying to follow something, it, it would be the equivalent of trying to watch, what, three NFL games every week on a Sunday. Yeah. Like, it's a tall task. And if you're and trying I'm, to not, if, and it's not even like you get that week break, you have to then turn around and probably do it the next day. You right. maybe will get a day here and there. And then you had to watch those tag team matches because they were telling stories of the night for the next night. Yeah, yeah, they were they were the the setup for the following mm-hmm. night. But they got rid of the tag matches because obviously COVID, you can't have like four people in the ring at the cool. same time, um, unless you watch AEW and then they do a whole goddamn <laughs> battle royal with people. But those shows went from like four and a half hours to two and a half hours of nothing but the world's best wrestling. And it was so good to watch. Even the young lion matches. You're like, Oh my God, I can't wait to see these guys when they get older, when they finally get out of the dojo, go on excursion. Yeah, it was, it was good. And did Osprey turn at G1 or after G1? He started, he started turning during the G1, but I think it was after that the official turn happened. B and the Great O'Conn, Karn, uh, uh, yeah, the Empire, as it were, um, that kind of formed. Yeah, 
He's, there's been that, a lot of good things. God, that match is going to be 80 billion stars. <laughs> Okada versus Osprey in yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. And it's weird. Wrestle Kingdom's in a month. <laughs> yeah. It's in a and month. Then it, and then it's Royal Rumble, then it's Revolution, then it's WrestleMania. And you're like, oh. And we start all over again. And yeah. even, I mean, if, if we go kind of back locally, like, ROH, they're they're up yeah. and running. They're doing. They did the the pure tournament, which was really really good. Um, yeah, I heard so many good things about that. It's there's some very very good stuff in there. Um, and of we course, didn't, like, we didn't talk about Impact and after all the cut, we didn't even talk about the cuts that WWE did. Oh, see and that, then how that's how long Impact. that's that's how long this year's been. Like I completely forgot that the WWE cut a bunch of people and then. Re- their record breaking like financial quarter yeah highest of all time <sighs> and then they all went to uh impact and then impact had what was it bound for glory it just it just timed out perfectly for impact it was nice yeah it, it really was like but yeah i mean there's just been there's been so much going on during the covid era one of the ones that i think one of the things I think we've been all collectively on the on the pod have been getting a bigger well, I don't know if we if it's a big kick out of it or we're just sick of it. But the Undertaker finally oh, retired yeah. uh at this past but, Survivor series. Yeah. My nephew still pops for him. He wants he finally got two of his I don't know, my nephew collects the action figures now and it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it is kind of uh I don't know how to feel. I mean, I, I really don't know. I'm, gl- I'm glad it's over. I think, I think that's where I am too, is that the undertaker was one of those guys who, you know, he was the guy for a really long time. He maybe never was a great top champion, but he yeah. was a guy that kind of was above titles. Right. He didn't need a title. He didn't. He really didn't. He was, he had that presence. Now I'm trying to think of like a good NFL equivalent. Maybe, I don't know. I don't want to say Dan Marino. Cause I don't know if that's really a fair comparison, but that he was, is, he's, he's one of the greatest of all times, but he just never won the, he didn't need to win the big one. And he's still considered yeah. one of the best. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that is then a good comparison, but we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the fact that the last few years, especially have been real rough. Yeah. The Real. last ride was the last ride was pretty. It started off pretty good. I didn't really like the ending. This his documentary. Oh, oh yeah. We haven't even gotten yeah, into I, all the. I totally forgot about promotion. that. Dude. Yeah. Like so, yeah. It, it very much it felt like his send off was going to be at WrestleMania with the Boneyard match. That very entertaining cinematic match against <laughs> Styles. That was so over the top and spawned. Uh, an amazing meme of Taker standing behind AJ. He's like smiling, uh, but it just kept going. Just kept and, going. The, and the good brothers came, he was starting fires and burying people, literally burying people. Like we're not even using it as a, as, as the term of like knocking someone down the card. He buried AJ Styles. <laughs> Poor AJ. Um, but it was very clear um, by the time we had gotten through the 900,000 hours of Undertaker documentaries and promotion and his appearance on Hot Ones 
and his other appearance on Stone Cold's podcast. His cameos. His cameos. His TikTok. I oh, was I sick of it. I am <laughs> tired of this man. Um, and maybe it's just because I remember I've just watched The Wrestler too many times and remember yeah. that scene where he like he goes into the VFW hall and there's all these guys who are just broken down and and the shells of them form their former selves where you're like, yeah, man, that sucks. It's the reality of things suck. <laughs> um, yeah. I um I was ready. I just felt like it was a lot. I know he's been there for thirty years at the Undertaker, the Dead Man, American Badass, whatever you want to call him. But it was his time. It was it, and I understand the the significance of doing it at Survivor Series thirty years after he'd made his debut um, in the WWE. It made sense, but man, the walk to get there took as long as one of his entrances. Um, and even and, and if we kind of go back to like the impact of COVID, like he had to retire in front of a bunch of video screens. Yeah, that sucks. He, <laughs> he, he thousand percent that was pre-recorded, right? I don't know. I don't know if that was pre-recorded. I the whole okay. Let's talk about this whole retirement thing with the Undertaker, the actual ceremony. So they bring out all of these like people who have had some kind of involvement with him, be it a rival, part of the Bone Street crew. Um, I'm trying to think who else. They brought out the God, the Godwins. Yeah. Uh, they the Godfather. Good. Great. Yeah. Um, HBK, Flair, Kane in full gimmick, which was... That, had to that was big. a rib. That was yeah. such a rib. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Salvio Vince. Vega? Oh, yeah, and, Vega was there. Um, Triple H, of course, because he's the game. Shawn, Mike- Shawn Michaels, Flair, Michaels. I think you said them. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there. But then they just like, they're like, all right, we're going to give you 15 minutes of these guys coming out fully. That was another one. Of course. Um, we're going to give you like 15 minutes, and then we're going to just magically shuttle you away out of nowhere. Like, we're going to play this promo package, and then like two minutes later, the ring is went from like 15 people, which... That in itself was problematic because all these guys are up, <laughs> up there. Um, just like ushered them away. And then you just see Vince. It was so yeah. bizarre. Um, and then so Vince. You forgot Kevin Nash. Oh, Kevin Nash. Oh, how could I forget about the big diesel? Shoot. And the big uh, show. Big show. <laughs> Hot off the cancellation of his big show show. Uh, yeah. So so everyone gets out of there and Vince comes out and he gives a little speech. He drops WWF for the first time in like eight years. That kind of shook me. I'm like, holy, did he actually just I was like, does he have all- crazy. Alzheimer's or he's doing it on purpose? Well, he kind of paused. He said WWF or WWE, one of those two. Maybe a little Mandela effect there, but he kind of paused for a second and was like, oh, okay, yeah is what it is uh, and then he disappears <laughs> he just vanishes yeah. and then you get the weird tesla coil uh music where the lightning is playing the undertaker's theme song um i think that was at the, was that at the point where i joked he's going to come out and talk about digging 30 holes or yeah yeah so i'm like we're we're all in a group chat 
talking about this thing. I'm like, this man's going to come out here and talk about, he's been, uh, I've been digging 30 holes for 30 years for 30 souls. And like, he immediately drops a similar line. I'm of course I'm losing my goddamn mind about it, but, um, and they like, he goes into this kind of, would you say it was kind of an in-character speech? Yeah, it was weird. It felt more undertaker than Mark. Um, and then he like he kind of gives a speech and there's this weird bumped in Undertaker chant from the virtual fans. Which I mean, you can only disconnect from reality so much. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's an undead carpenter for crying out loud, but like he pauses <laughs> for, for the for the digital crowd and you're you're just like, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about this wraps up his speech and does his pose. And then a goddamn hologram Paul bearer shows up. I'm just like, I'm losing my mind at this point, trying to figure out what I'm watching. Really. I forgot the Paul bearer hologram. It's because it was weird. Like, I mean, Paul bearer, one of the greatest, uh, RIP, RIP, man. One of the, he, goddamn, just one of the best managers you could ever have with a character. Um, they have a hologram. He takes like 10 minutes to walk back out. Uh, and that's it. You're just like, and it was over over. You're just like, huh? My aunt impression. Huh? Hmm. Cause you really didn't know how to, you're like, all right, cool that it happened. But man, I don't know. You were like, that was it. And so do you think, like, obviously there's a huge amount of significance with survivor series. Do you think this was a situation where maybe they should have just held off? Till fans were back. Yeah, I don't get why. What was the rush? They pushed back the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's such a tough. I mean, obviously, outside circumstances make everything so weird in this in this time. But lack of fans, just God, man, that killed it so much. It sucks. Yeah, um, especially because we were in that crowd. Were we? Yeah, no. Yeah, we were in the crowd. That Monday after WrestleMania 33, where Roman beat Taker yeah. and we the crowd was losing their goddamn mind. Oh, yeah, for three hours. Three hours of booing, him just smiling. And I don't get why they just couldn't do the turn there. Yeah, that would have been the perfect time, but you know. Big dog. Like money. Big yeah. dog got a big dog. And my yeah. nephew likes him even more now that he's a bad guy. <laughs> of course. Of course, it's a proven fact that people like bad guys way more than the the shiny baby faces. Yes. So, well, so with the Undertaker leaving, it seems kind of funny, but also amazing. The timing is just perfect. This past Wednesday, we saw yeah. the emergence of another legend, Sting, a man yeah. called Sting. Yes, not NWO Sting, not Wolfpack Sting, Sting. Not Surfer Sting, who I am pretty sure has never surfed. <laughs> there is that shout outs to James Vanderbeek on Twitter for very much bringing this to all of our attention. That I don't, I've never seen Surfer Sting surf. He, may he might. We don't know. Have you seen Surfer Sting surf? No. Crowd surf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but... so <laughs> Sting, Sting. 2020. I never thought in 2020 I'd be able to say the phrase sting made the save like i don't how is this a year i don't understand anything that's I, going on nothing makes sense 
what was what was your reaction? Because I so did you watch AEW live or was this one yeah. of those things you had to catch up? Okay, I was watching it both live. I have I had I had the dual monitor set up for Ooh. them, and then I had to turn the volume on AEW. Anytime Jericho's on the mic, I turned the volume up. Anytime MJS on the mic, I had to turn the volume yep. up. If Cody's entrance is coming, Jericho's entrance is coming, I had to listen to it because they're just that good. And then I had to hear the call, and I had to hear Tony say, "It's Sting, it's Sting." Tony Schiavone sounded like the happiest man in the world when he just belted out, "It's Sting!" Like I've never yeah. heard pure joy in that form ever. Um, but yeah, so like. What were your feelings in that moment? Like seeing this iconic legend come kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. It, everyone kept saying, they've been saying it since October and I was like, he's never going to come. If it, it's December, why is he going to show up in December? And he was like, Oh no. Every time it was like, Sting's going to show up. Sting's going to show up. Never shows up. I was mm-hmm. like, well, these guys are working us. So then I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, Holy fuck. I was like, just give me one more match. Just one more. Or even like, I think that's where the next big question comes into play is, is you have this this icon. I mean, that is his gimmick now, I guess, is I, the icon sting. Um, but how do, you, how do you use a guy, right? Because one of the big things about AEW is this fear of, well, we don't want to turn this into old TNA where you're bringing in all these these washed up guys from WCW guys who kind of burned out from the WWE and cause your younger stars to fall, fall further and further down the card. Um, so like with this, like kind of in mind, what do you think is the like ideal use of sting? Well, we got to get that Cody Darby sting versus team Taz. X man match, mm, right? Potentially. I mean, that's the best use of him. And then he goes on to Darby. Well, Sting is Mr. TNT, and then Darby yep. is the TNT champion. I was like, it only work. They had he has to work with them. And like, I, I just want to see Darby teaching Sting how to skateboard. Darby blowing shit up with Sting, and then Sting's like, no. <laughs> I I think I joked about it last night. I want to just see Sting and Darby hanging out in the rafters, and Sting's just giving Darby pointers on how to sulk. He's like, nah, man, you're not brooding enough. You need more brooding. No. Yeah, exactly. That would be perfect. Like, just them two chilling in the rafters. That's what Sting did for a year. And Didn't say a we, word. That's all we wanted to see him do. We tuned in every Monday night. We would turn the challenges to see Sting sitting are, there. Are we going to... I mean, that that really was. It's like, I'm tuning into the WCW because I want to see if Sting's still up there in those rafters, just hanging out. And in the fact of him not saying anything for like a year, that made it even better because you had no... He was a he was a mystery. You didn't know what he was doing. Maybe he was thinking of a of a casserole recipe he was working on, or you know, maybe maybe he was actually just asleep. Uh, we, we literally we literally had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> no idea. And then, like when he finally did something, it 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 felt so much bigger. Um, I agree though. I think I think the best use like AEW's done a really good job of. Using their legends, like a Jake the Snake Roberts, like Vicky Guerrero, like Arn Anderson, kind of in these, in these leadership, these managerial mm-hmm. positions. I don't know if that really works well for Sting. We kind of know he's under a multi-year contract, which 
knows what that means at this point. Could just be two years. Um, but him teaching Darby seems almost like drawing line, like A to B, right? The straight line yeah. seems to make the most sense. Cody has been browbeating us with these Darby sting comparisons for months now. Um, so it, that makes sense. But again, I don't know. And maybe that's, that's what is making this interesting. We know we're going to hear from on dynamite next week, but again, we don't like, I just had, what if sting showed up and said, not a, not a single word. And then just left as he should have, as he should have, like he literally, it's just like, like Tony's out there waiting to talk to him. He comes out. I think, I don't know. I think this is pre-recorded. might not be, but whatever fan, whatever support. And then Tony asks him a question. He just shrugs and leaves. Just, just, you know, yeah. I don't need this, you know, so whatever I'll do what I want. I'm sting. So yeah. I, 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 I popped. I'm interested to see where they go. I am too. Kind of thinking though, on this legend kind of realm, are there any other kind of legends out there you think could do something similar and get that reaction? Now, we know WWE has a very weird use of legends. Like, they bring Goldberg back, and he does do that thing where he beats the Fiend in, like, 45 yeah. seconds and buries the character pretty much. <laughs> Is there any legend out there you would really like to see come back and kind of, I don't know, be a manager or some kind of support role? There's only one person left, right? CM Punk. Oh, He's the, I, he's the he's the last man standing. I was a hundred percent sure you were going to say Brett. I was so oh, sure. I'm like, this man's going to say Brett Hart because can you imagine Brett Hart being someone's manager? <laughs> so oh, bitter. My oh my god. He'd just be like, he'd be like Arn Anderson to Cody, but he's just like he's just mumbling to himself, saying, "Call that Boston crab." I don't know. I'm, I'm seem better, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he's just mumbling under his breath about how much he hates he's, life. And he's like, just lock it in, lock it in. CM Punk is a very interesting choice um, because he he's still young enough to wrestle. Like he's he's not like I'm trying to think if they've there's a manager out there who um, no there really isn't an AEW a manager that could actually still be in a match. Mm-mm. But Punk gives I mean Punk would give someone a very interesting like path forward the name alone just that's huge right we've been wanting for yeah. years for punk to come back and then just he to hear that guitar up. rift yeah oh, yeah just to hear the yeah, that, personality that happened too this year punk's show gets canceled by fs1 yeah oh, it was, i actually i actually like well there was when punk was on the show i liked it yeah i think that was the consensus is when punk was there he was more willing to break kayfabe than others. Um, I, I'm trying to think like, yeah, who would you pair punk with? I guess that's my next that's question. What, that's what I was thinking of. It's going to have to be someone on dark that like, we don't know. Like we just, cause I think it was uh, SRS keeps saying that they have a bunch of people at what's it called? The nightmare factory. Yep. The nightmare factory. Know of, that they're just sitting there just building them. And I was like, gosh. And I was like, that is... cause because they had was her name Jada, right? Uh, Jade Jade Cardell, Jay Cardell, and then they uh, Lee Johnson. I was like, oh, where are these guys? Shoddy Lee. I, I was like, I've never heard of them, and all of a sudden, and then yeah, now, oh man, that's to to take kind of a step back, kind of 
into our earlier discussion about good things that have kind of happened in this last year. AEW Dark being used as going from, hey, these are the three matches that were just that like happened before the show. Like, you know, the one that warmed everybody up before we went on air and the two yeah. that went off air. It went to a full out two hour development show. It's almost three now. Yeah. They've got like 19 matches on the card and you get some pretty good ones in there too. It's, I mean, it's not one of those things you're going to like, like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta watch dark tonight. It's, you know, but you'll see ones in there, in there and you're like, wow, B Johnson's good. And then like, um, who's another person that's coming? Ta- Will Hobbs. Yeah. Will. Our house Hobbs, red velvet. Has been yeah. Velvet. Oh. Uh, Kylie King, Danny Jordan. I think who else? Brit Show Evil was East. on there. Yeah, Evil East. all all the tag teams that don't get the shine on the main roster getting their yep. reps in. Ricky Starks is is on there oh, quite he, a bit. I feel like he's twenty and zero on that show. <laughs> Sean Spears, who I do believe is a legit twenty and zero on that <laughs> show, he's holding it down. It's even crazy because I feel like Ben Carter, like some of the people that were yep. on there, WWE's like, oh well, we guess we'll just take them. Yep, Ben Carter, who had an amazing match against Scorpio right. Sky and and Lee Johnson, yeah. the one on Dark with those two, was really good. He gets snapped up. There's been some other signings too, like Alex Zane, who I'm really excited about. He's been a guy I've gotten to talk to and see quite a bit up here in, in Seattle. Um, the Rascals obviously just went there. Yeah, um, and it's Trey Miguel's deciding between where he wants to go, it sounds like. Maybe. You know... It's tough to say because Trey Miguel is part of Impact. And this past Wednesday, uh, oh boy, mm-hmm. there's some development here. Obviously, if you watch this past Wednesday, one Kenneth Omega might have the best entrance in professional wrestling now. Yeah, he, he might have the best character in professional wrestling again. Kenneth Omega. Wins a very good match against John Moxley for the AEW title to become the champion, and then immediately him and Don Callis get out there and say, "Hey, you want to know what's happening? See you on Tuesday at Impact." And you're just like, "Yeah, what?" I was like, "What? Huh? Wait, what?" I was like, "He means dark, right?" Yeah, I mean, so I mean, obviously the biggest thing there, there were really this is it. This is how big kind of this whole situation is, is that they literally had Sting appear earlier in the show. And if you were to look at Twitter, like what, an hour later, nobody was talking about Sting. They're only talking about the potential of Impact Wrestling and AEW working together. Yeah. Like, like any other night, that would be like, like that feels like something you'd get like another week. Like, especially when you have someone like Sting showing up. But so, yeah, after the match, after Kenny wins, the dubious ways. Can we talk about they were beating the shit out of each other? They were laying it in thick on each other. Just slaps, big knees. Kenny got a pretty bad eye injury, um, too, on a suplex on the outside against a heater. Because it was, boy, howdy. Talk about very convenient show subtitle winter is coming it's like 30 degrees at the time this match started in jacksonville i think uh, someone the best one was someone said winter came and i was like 
come on now. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. Well, and then and then and Sting came out with Glacier's insurance too. Yeah. There's a lot of snow stuff happening on this show. Um and he's and as old, then... old as the as the Ice King or whatever that Game of Thrones yeah. character is. Um so it all it all actually fit well together. Um but yeah, yeah so the match itself, um, they're just they're just beating the tar out of each other like, the entire time. Um, I was watching. I was like, "Oh, I was like, Kenny, I don't need you to actually V trigger him." But I'm sure, yeah. Mox, I'm sure Mox was like, "Hey, lay it in." He just like hit me. There was a point in this match where Moxley had the advantage, and he goes out and he gets the most Mox thing ever too. He goes out, gets a couple of chairs, opens them, and says, "All right, we're gonna have a slap fight." Mm-hmm. And Kenny just the first one, the sw- like. If you had high definition, like a high de- a 4K TV, TV, you saw every bead of sweat that came off of Moxley's face on the first slap from Kenny. Like it just flew everywhere. Um, and then, like, yeah, then Don Callis gets involved. Kenny hits <laughs> four V triggers, or after hitting Moxley with a mic, which I was listening to. Um, Brian Alvarez earlier today. And it was this revelation he had than I had. And I was like, holy cow. Uh, The point he made was you never see a fight end with someone getting bonked in the forehead with a microphone. That's usually how fights start. And I started thinking about it. I was like, holy cow. That's right. I have never, I've never really seen a fight that's ended. Like the end started with a microphone shot. Yeah. And uh, breaking news, Impact did just tweet. We can officially confirm that the new AEW World Champion Kenny Omega will appear on Impact this Tuesday. Ooh, let's go! And they have a picture of Kenny Omega in the AEW Championship on the <sighs> damn Impact site. That's so that will make the AEW title has will have after this Tuesday will have appeared at the Tokyo Dome as Jericho wore it. It will have appeared obviously on their own programming. It will have appeared at Impact. And then I'm, I don't know if he wore it. Well, obviously he didn't wear it, but there's also a chance that I guess he'll wear it to Mexico when he goes to take on the, yeah, to take on Laredo kid for um, the mega championship. Correct. That's this weekend. Yeah. (laughs) That's tomorrow. Oh no. That title's getting a lot of, uh, buzz traveling. Yes. And there's a hundred percent chance it's not going to get lost at a steakhouse either. We know that for a fact. It's not going to happen. Damn it, Jericho! (laughs) (laughs) I Um, forgot about that. Again, 2020 has been so long. I think that might have happened. That happened like right after he got it. So yeah, um, that was like way back last fall. But obviously, with the, the impact gate opening up by the way this is my new favorite phrase for professional wrestling the opening of x whatever title gate yeah i think that's really cool like dragging opening the dragon gate opening gate. the impact gate um with this gate potentially open now there should be a bit of caution we don't know what kind of involvement will happen here if it is just kenny showing up to do a one-off on impact if someone like the good brothers are going to be involved. There's been some rumors that Don Callis's contract is set to expire pretty soon. He might be Kenny's manager. We don't know these things, but let's strip away reality because reality's not fun anyway. Yeah. 
It's twenty. We're wrestling fans. We book the damn territories. That's what we do. We book the territories. So, world of potential, Impact, and AEW working together. Let's talk about three matches we would like to see. Now they're not. When we say this, we're not saying, "Oh, these are the matches that one, two, three. This is this. This has to happen. This has to happen. These are matches just we really like to see out out of a out of crossover." Um. So, Rich, go ahead. Tell us one of the matches you you really want to see. Cheetah versus Deanna Peraza. Ooh, yep. I had that. Um, it wasn't in my top three of, of matches, but I definitely want to see it. One of the problems we've seen with AEW is their handling of their women's division. They're great yeah. with the NWA women's division. I'll give them that. Oh, the NWA <laughs> women's division is the strongest women's division on their show, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, and it, but it, there are some the, there are some factors there. Obviously, um, you know, a lot of their wrestlers need time to develop, um, and especially in an environment where the quality of the product, you know, we talked earlier, no fans, which means more focus on what's happening. The quality really needs to bring it home, right? Yeah. But. Uh, they're improving. They're definitely improving. They've had some injuries. They've got Britt Baker back. Chris Statlander's oh, on her way back. Wow. Um, so there's some things. And again, like we said, they've got some developmental people. But Sheeta is a champion that needs a really good um, challenger. We got it with Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is amazing. But Deanna Perrazzo, she signed with WWE. And like so many people we've seen over the last few years, they did nothing, nothing. with her incredible technician probably one of the best female technicians in professional wrestling she uh, said she's the best self-proclaimed she might be too i mean yeah. it's she's that good um her versus sheeta would be absolutely amazing uh she doesn't uh, put on bad matches she doesn't she elevates everyone she takes on yeah every single person um that would be a really, really good match. The thing about Impact, too, is Impact's women's division might be the best women's division in professional wrestling. Yeah. It's real close between them and NXT. You've got, even uh, after losing Tessa and Kylie Ray. Yeah, even after that, because they still have um, Valkyrie, Rosemary, um, Kimberly, Peraza, Janelle, Janelle um, Sue Young. Uh, Sue Young, Hogan, and uh, Seals. Seals. Mm-hmm. Um, they're stacked. Killer, apparently they're gonna send Killer Kelly as well. Like Kelly, so. oh, ha- uh, Jessica Havoc. Yeah, it's a stacked roster. They so. have a lot of. Yeah. Really, any of those, any of any of that roster would be good to take on Sheeta. But I, I 100 percent agree. Agree. Gianna Peraza versus Sheeta would absolutely, absolutely slap. Like that would be such a yeah. such a good match. Um, my first match that I had on my list. It's a. It's. It's so. It's of it's it's one of those matches. You're like, of course, everyone's been saying it. It's it's FTR versus the North. Yeah. Like Ethan Page and Josh Alexander held that impact those impact tag titles for like 400 days, or I think it was maybe like 380 over I think 400 it was like years. I mean, it might be at this point they were the, the cornerstone, and they still kind of are the cornerstone of yeah. that. Um, Impact Tag Division. Uh, FTR, obviously, amazing. They're they're the New Age Brain Busters, obviously. Just incredible at basically everything they do. Might not have the most charisma, but they're still really, really good. Um, but them versus the North, they want it. 
we want it, it makes, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world for me, at least. Yeah. Oh, it does. Everyone wants it. Like, and especially with Ethan Page's contract coming up soon, there is some potential storylines because we've, we've kind of wondered, you know, they're talking to, you know, Tully out here talking about Fear the Revolution, very much a Four Horsemen type thing. Mm-hmm. Ethan Page could easily slip in there, be at least the third. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, oh, that match was all the, that match was bang. Number two match. Now. Number two match, Rich. It's another match uh, you can see. I want to see Chris Bay versus Sammy Guevara. Oh, man. I am, uh, and I'll go into this later too, I am a huge fan of Chris Bay. Um, he's the current Without a Cause champion up in Everett, Washington. Um, really great guy. Incredible in the ring. Like He just gets it. Um, yeah, it, it was It was so weird because Chris Bay, they were, Cody, well, they're like, oh, Cody, who are you thinking about? And like Chris Bay, and all of a sudden it was like, a day later, he signed with TNT. Signed with uh, Impact. Impact. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, the timing was like very, very appropriate. Um, yeah, Chris Bay is great. And Sammy Guevara, man, he's just something else. A star. He's a star. He's, like, he's insane. He's going to be one of those guys 10 years down the road that is headlining pay-per-views you know, outdoing media because he, I mean, he, he already does quite a bit of media with his vlog. We know that. Yeah. Um, just bring and it. just, just his apron spot with Jungle Boy this on Wednesday. Oh I was like, man, yeah. I was like, these guys, are, someone's gonna die. I was like, these guys are <laughs> fucking crazy. I remember um, when we went to Double or Nothing, <clears throat> he and Kip Sabian, I think were maybe the opening match, or maybe they were on the pre-show. And Sammy did this crazy, I think it was maybe a shooting star body press to yeah. Sabian who was on the railing. And you're just like, holy cow, he's gonna he's gonna hurt himself. <laughs> like or he did he did like a six thirty to Darby Allen through a table at Revolution, I think, too. Yes, he did. Like, and supposedly they said that he wanted to do a bigger spot at Stadium Stampede. And he had to be like talked out of it. Yes, they were. They told. They told him no. <laughs> of course. I mean, he he did almost like he and Matt about killed each other in that first like was that all out. Yeah, he had that really bad bump. Um. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's I do I do worry a little bit if it's going to be like a kid dynamite situation where he's just like beats himself up too much, but it seems yeah. like he's got. It seems like there's enough people around him that can kind of pull him back from doing the crazy stuff. Yeah, and I felt like he's improved so much under Jericho's guidance. Yep. He's a more well-rounded character, I think. Yeah. He's no longer just the guy who comes out and poses, and, you know, that's it. Oh, I forgot when he had the camera with him, and you could see it. Yeah. Or... And he would do the science from the crowd. <laughs> yep. Or he he used to do um, well. He kind of does. Hasn't done in a while. But the cue cards. Yeah. Walks out during commercial breaks or picture world famous restaurant quality picture and picture picture. picture. Uh, thank <laughs> you, JR. <laughs> I've never hated barbecue sauce more than on Wednesday nights. Um, so to go off of yours a little bit, I'm gonna go with one of mine, and I also had Chris Bay on my uh, list, but Chris Bay versus Cody. Mm. Um, or the reason 
that you just mentioned, actually. Um, I think it'd be really cool to have a match structured around the idea that Cody was singing Chris Bay's uh, praises, but he didn't sign him or wasn't more proactive in signing him. So you can kind yeah. of run it because Bay is very much a heel, you know, and, and he kind of has a swagger. Maybe he kind of toes the line more a little bit, but man, him just going in at Cody's like, oh, you thought I was a big deal? Oh, you thought I was so great, yet you didn't you didn't call me? You didn't try to get me on a contract? You, you, you know, I had to find someone who appreciated me more? Like, that would be a very fun story for Cody and Bay, because Bay's great on the mic, too. Yeah, no, that, that, that'd be a good storyline and match to get as well. Like, yeah, because Cody... <clears throat> Like for those who haven't seen Chris Bay, I he's very much in the same style of Ricky Starks, I would say, you know, in athleticism and everything. Um, and we know how well that Starks Cody match went. That was really, really good. I mean, that's yeah. what got that's what got Ricky a contract too. Attract. Like boy howdy. That that in itself could be its own podcast. All the good things that came out of Cody's open challenge, which was Oh, I thought I thought you were gonna say at an NWA. Oh yeah, and the NWA. <laughs> oh, that's God, a feeder. Yeah. That's a feeder to AEW. It basically is at this point. We have the you know they have the champion. They have half their roster awesome. now. They got Allison yeah. K to show up too. Like yeah, <clears throat> NWA is kind of a feeder system. But um, yeah, so that was my that was my second one. Um, final final match, Rich. It has to be the Young Bucks versus Motor City Machine Gun. Ah, we had the exact same one. Absolutely. It has um, to be, right? It has to be. Absolutely. Um, the Motor City Machine Guns and the Young Bucks have a rivalry that goes back well over a decade, it feels like, at this point. I think maybe yeah. their first match is maybe like 2009 or something like that. Um, so they have this history in PWG. They have a history in TNA. ROH, New Japan. It makes too much sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes dollars. Yeah, and that's the kind of match that brings <clears throat> eyes to both Impact and AEW. Like, even I yeah. think it was during the Top Flight uh, Young Bucks match. Um, they didn't do a good job of capturing it, but the Bucks did, a, did I think it's maybe the Slice Bread Powerbomb. At Motor City Machine Guns, do you do? Yeah, and I think it was Matt did the Motor City hand gesture, which is pointing at you know your it's it using the hand as Michigan and pointing to your mm -hmm. thumb. Um, those guys are all probably like it's not it's not a match like ten years too late either. Like they're all still in really good shape. They can oh, still go. They can still go. I mean, and you have a situation too where Motor City Machine Guns aren't the impact champions. So you could have them come in and challenge for those titles, even if it is in a very easy to see, like win for the bucks. Like it's still really cool to see like, Holy cow, machine guns and the bucks on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Mm. And I, I kind of wanted them. I wanted, I want to see Alex Shelley on AEW dynamite just so that he can say he was on NXT impact and dynamite yeah. this year. Alex, yeah, Alex Shelley is having an amazing year, uh, all things considered. Because, yeah, he they reformed the time splitters um, and then immediately had them lose for some reason. I don't know yeah. why. Um, what else has he done? Oh, yeah, he is a champion in Black Label Pro, I think, too. Yes. Obviously, he and 
and Saban won the tag titles again. Um, I don't know if there's enough time to get him in before the end of the year, but still, hell of a run. Yeah, it was just the just everyone. That's all everyone was like Motor City Machine Gun versus FTR versus uh, even the oh even the Santana and Ortiz. Oh my god. Yeah, that's the Lucha thing. Bro. Oh, there's, there's too many tag teams. There are there are too many tag teams and too many really good matches. Like even you know, I would love to see Top Flight versus Motor City Machine Guns just because they made such a point of talking about how they were influenced by him. Like you guys got your, your, your young bucks match. Here's your motor city machine gun match. Go out there and kill it again too. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of other ones you could really, you could do that are really fun. Um, Moxley versus, uh, versus Ken Shamrock was one. I see, thought mine, mine would have been Sam Callahan versus Moxley. Cause they would kill each other. And then Jer- Jericho versus, Ken Shamrock because they were supposed to fight at Fully Loaded '99. Oh, that's, that's when Shamrock left the company, and then he bought Xbox really instead. That would be a really good callback. I was, like, um, I was like, "That's perfect." Sammy Callahan versus Joey Janela. Those guys would oh, murder God. each other. Do you want Joey to die? <laughs> I don't really want to. Um, Jessica Havoc versus Nyla Rose. I think oh, that would yeah. be an amazing Haas like fight. Just two powerhouses going at it. God. I want to see Jordan Grace versus Britt Baker. Yeah, Jordan Grace versus Britt Baker. Uh, Jordan be... Grace versus anybody. Jordan Grace, Jordan yeah. Grace versus John Silvers. I know we've seen it. I know it's out there. Jordan Grace versus Brian Cage for the oh. FTW Championship. <laughs> it needs to happen because they have. They can literally just show the footage from from All Out or from wow. All In and be yeah. like, "Hey, remember that time uh, Brian Cage like powerbombed you or something?" Or maybe that was yeah. Ethan Page. Um, there's just there's so much there's so many fun matchups that could happen but again we don't know we just don't know what kind of span this is going to be we might even see a situation where kenny does the austin aries thing of going to all these different promotions getting their top title and declaring himself the best in the world should be kind of cool could you imagine if he had a match with Rich Swan and then he came on Wednesday with the Impact and the AAA and the AEW? Yeah, that would be amazing. Oh. Like that would be so, like hell. Send him to ROH too. No one's challenged whoever has their. I don't even know who has ROH's top title. I think it's maybe Bandito. Uh, I thought it was Jay Lethal. Is it Jay Lethal? I don't even know. Jay Lethal is usually my default because I feel like it's always Jay Lethal. So, yeah. Um, let me take a quick look. Maybe it's Jonathan Gresham. No, Gresham's got yeah. the pure title. So I say it's not Marty. I can tell you that. Well, that's a whole different story. Uh, oh, not poor Marty, but that situation sucks for him. Well, a lot of, he did lot it himself. Of, yeah, he, he did, did it himself. himself. Oh, Roosh. Roosh is currently yeah, the. Oh, yeah. That would still be fun. Even though his contract's up, sheesh. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of things going on with. Uh, or the ROH that's a little yeah it says Roosh is still champ he won it on February 29th of this year and And... I don't think think Camo Dragon Lee's been on the show right no I don't think so yeah that sucks and they're both the free agents January 1st yeah Mm. difficult times well what's not difficult times though it's what's coming up this weekend, this Sunday. Oh, wait, no, 
Hold oh. on, I gotta ask you first before sure. we go on. Oh, at Revolution, when they have Blood and Guts, Team Impact versus Team AEW, what, how you going? Ooh, like what the what the teams would be? What are the teams of five going to be of each? This is a tough one um, because there's there's basically two schools of thought you could go with. You could go with just pick who you really want to see or what makes the most sense in storyline. Um, and what com- what makes it all tougher is because we just really don't know what Kenny's doing. So, um, my thought is, so we're going five on five? Yeah. Because okay. it was like think... in a circle, right? Versus the elite. So. so it would have been five on five. Yeah, I think so. So, um, shoot. Okay. Uh, Impact. I don't wanna... Impact. We'll start with Impact. Okay, so Impact. It, would be, it would be Kenny is leading them, I would assume. Well, we don't know what Kenny's allegiances are, but let's for the, sake of the, this, team... for the sake of this, let's say, yeah, let's say Kenny's with Team Impact. And they have to have probably the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers, and then uh, EC, EC3, Eddie Edwards. No, it has to be, what's his name? Moose. Moose is on there. Moose, Moose probably. Yeah, Moose. Um, I would probably put in... Um, Can Sham, oh, Sammy Callahan probably has Sammy to be Sammy Callahan, maybe. I'm trying to think. Like My initial thought is you go with the champions, right? So you've got Kenny... I don't know if you do Rich Swan. Maybe Rich mm-hmm. Swan jumps over and joins the AEW crew. Who knows? Um, Good Brothers are your tag champions. Um, Raput is the X division. You got that. And then just kind of a wild card, I guess? Yeah. Maybe a Chris Bay? Chris Bay, yeah. Willie Mack. Willie Mack would be a great, great name to have in there. Um, yeah. for, for AEW, I think it, it the boxing... Bucks and Cody, obviously, and probably Paige. Oh, God, if they put what's-his-name, Darby Allen, he would die in there. Darby. Yeah, I think you actually, I think we just answered our our own questions there. Cody, the Bucks, Paige, and Darby. Can you imagine leaving out Jericho from this match? Oh, Jericho would be heated about it. Yeah. I'm sure he would. But that's man, tough, there's... Yeah. A lot of options, I've, and that's the cool thing. is it's You it's, don't even have Mox in there. don't even have Mox. He's been carrying the fucking company for the last seven months. Nine months, actually. There's just too many options. And that's, that's, it's not a bad thing either. It's a really good thing. Yeah. But yeah you could put Mox in there, which would actually make sense. You know, maybe, yeah. Maybe Mox joins Cody and the Bucks. I, for some reason, I just think you got to have the tag champions in there. Moxley probably makes, I don't know what you do with. <sighs> There's a lot of like it's that meme of Charlie Day trying to map out Pepe Sylvia. Where you're like, yeah, ah, I don't the lines. I don't understand. There's no Carol in HR. Ugh. It makes it really tough. Um, it, but that's what that's what that's what's so great about this whole angle segment. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah, like I'm talking about Impact. And I'm talking about fantasy booking them against yeah. AEW. One of the biggest things I think, like, we know that in the world of everything, professional wrestling has lost a lot of its fan base over the years. We're no longer in that, like, Attitude Era fan thing, right? A lot of that's just been stagnation due to there only being one major promotion. Um, But the more that promotions start working together, the more it's really going to help. 
You get all this Every- variety. Yeah, and then they're all gonna be part of the game. Yeah. 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 Oh man, think about that. Getting that AEW game and being being able to challenge, you know, for ten pounds of gold. Yeah. The Impact AEW title. AEW versus the World. That would be amazing. I don't know how, how, what that would do in the big scheme of things, if that would draw more people in, but boy, howdy. That still would be really fun. Yeah, it'd be fun for sure. I'm excited about that idea. You know what else yeah. I'm excited for, Rich, as I try to try to see mm-hmm. if I can work this segue in? What else are you excited for? I'm excited for... War Games! War Games! NXT's... Uh, I don't know if you could actually hear that clip, because I'm testing stuff out, but... Tough. War games. Yeah, I'm, NXT this week. I'm assuming it's it's William Regal. Yep. Yeah. It's gonna be really awkward Great. too I if I tried because I tried to do that at the beginning. Try to do it now. I might just have to clip it in later. I don't know. Where this is we're recording live. Who knows? Magic of radio. This is the, the I'm about to say this is what happens when you're live. You never know what you're gonna get. Yep, never know. Uh War Games this weekend, NXT. Brought to you from the Capitol Wrestling Center. I don't know how they're gonna fit two rings in there. I don't either. Uh, Capital Wrestling Center, also known as the Performance Center, Center. with big TVs and potentially pre-recorded fans. Who knows? They've been caught. They've been caught using previously recorded fans. Um, My nephew nephew does love doing the damn... What's it called? Thunderdome every Monday and Friday. So we kind of talked a little bit about how how wrestling is trying to adapt not having fans. Of course, one of the big ways the WWE has done it is by kind of following a road like the NBA did where you're using digital, like you're using screens and having people like zoom in. <laughs> That's the best way to a put it. A ton of screens. Um, a ton of screens. The only, the only downside of it all is that um, it didn't follow the NBA's uh, path in doing like a unified background so you have a bunch of people trying to like sitting in their apartments or houses or whatever and you're just getting this very eye destroying visual of everyone's just different stuff like some people have different backgrounds like some people are using green screens um it's really weird yeah it's not like it's not it should be it feels like it should be universal and it's not yeah and at first, I'm like, wow, this is an, a sensory overload. I've kind of gotten used to it. Um, but I also don't find myself watching a lot of WWE stuff <laughs> right now, especially right now. Yeah. Um, oh, Raw? I can't, even, I can't even watch Raw anymore. It's so bad. Some of it's real, like, uh, it's, it's the definition of 2020. Like, if, <laughs> if you wanted, if someone was to ask you 20 years down the road, what was 2020 like? I would probably put on one of these episodes of Monday Night Raw. I would say it was an episode of Monday Night Raw, a long nine-hour, nine-month episode. Felt like it went on forever. Didn't feel good about it the entire time. At least with takeovers, but here we are. And at least with takeovers, takeovers very much overperform. They have very high quality rate. They're not necessarily like you, you don't go out of a takeover feeling like I wasted my time. Yeah, you know you're gonna get at least you're probably gonna get two banger matches, two really good matches, and one match that is your popcorn match. Yeah, yeah. not nacho break. 
And it helps that these cards are usually five to six matches too. Um, yes. They don't go, you know, they don't overstay their welcome, which was very much a problem in the pre COVID era of every show is like nine hours long. Not for takeovers. Takeovers have always been the same amount of time, but two, two and a half hours max. Yeah. Um, but your other A to B level pay-per-views for WWE, especially were like four and a half hours, not including the pre-show. 12 oh, matches. And then too big for one night, WrestleMania. Yeah. God. It's a lot. So I'm, I'm, glad those da- I'm glad those days are over. Yeah. I'm really hoping this is a consistent thing too because, boy, howdy, I sat in the crowd for eight hours at one WrestleMania and immediately decided I'm never going to another one again just because. The Orlando one. The Orlando one, It was yeah. so hot. We were so hungover. It was not good. Eight hours at that stadium and then nearly impossible to get out of there. Well, and then that one, it was so good. And then the final four matches happened and then it was, you're like, this sucks. Yeah. Once we got to a certain point, uh, once we got to Bray versus Randy. Yeah. Or maybe even a little bit before then. Maybe the match right before it, but the last four matches, they were so hyped. And then it was just just, like, Oh, that's exactly. But the good thing, like we said with, with takeovers is they're, they're pretty good consistently. And yes. and War Games itself as a concept since its return has been probably one of the better ones. Um, like one of the better consistent ones, I should say. Um, this year's, I don't know, this one, this one feels... McAfee's going to die. Probably. Um, I was going to say, this one feels a little bit like, I don't know if I'm just not as hyped about it. I don't know if the build just hasn't been as good as previous years. I think, I think it's the build because they were off TV for so long. Finn Balor's hurt, Karen Cross is hurt, Keith Lee got called up, Matt Riddle got called up, and then you're just like, oh. So they're in this weird stage where they're signing a bunch of new people and trying to push new people, but they still have Champa, Undisputed Era, and what's his name? Uh Gargano still like prominently featured. Mm-hmm. And in twenty twenty for NXT has been kind of weird too because it's feeling more and more like main roster which is not oh, sure yes not good no um but yeah like there's also that where you lose carrying cross after he immediately after he wins the title uh finn balor breaks his jaw on the first title defense um god but that match was a banger it was really good it was really good and i was really hoping kyle o'reilly would have won because yeah. um, i love kyle o'reilly he's the best god he's he is he's money they have such a big run in him still there's a lot. There's a lot to go with, especially if you look back to like his ROH days. They really did a lot with him and Adam Cole. Um, I love what's his name. Uh, Kevin Owens always tweeting the PWG gifts, and you're like, <laughs> oh my, or the videos, and you're like, oh my god. I was like, yeah. Imagine being there during this time period. I know uh, Brandon talked about it at one point, talking, doing a pod, talk, kind of talking about the previous. Um, like era of professional wrestling, especially like if the whole idea, are we in a new golden age has new old golden age passed us by. There's a lot of stuff from PWG that we could really get into. Like how a lot of these guys, I mean, this basically reads like a PWG card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these guys in, in, you know, there's some, there's some play in there for them. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the card. I give our predictions. Um, first match let's talk about is Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. 
this match is not going to be for everybody. No, I can tell you that oh, right Lord, now. No. Um, this no, you're 100 right. This is not. This is a match that's not going to be for everybody. I can tell you, Bret Hart's going to love it. Stone Cold's going to love it. <laughs> Bret and Steve are going to lose their minds about this match. There's been, you know, the, the Timothy Thatcher guy. He, you know, something about him. I like him. Thanks, Brett. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna really love it. Um, I love Timmy Thatcher. Has, I absolutely love. It has Timothy. to be. Yeah. No, he's so good. Yeah. And then the tooth, the no tooth, just puts it over the top. I would highly recommend um, for anybody out there who wants to learn more about Timothy Thatcher, go on YouTube and look up the series uh, of matches he had against Daniel Makabe, where. They told this absolutely brilliant story across years. I think this is maybe even a three-year, two-year to three-year span um, of these two facing each other. And Thatcher is a guy who just puts people in knots. Like he knows so much about how to work limbs, work the body. Um, he's incredible. And it's weird to see him in this, this, this realm. Yeah, and it, it just looks painful. Yeah, it looks like it shoot hurts. And it probably does. And that's what makes no, it mean, good. It hurts because I was like, there's no way it doesn't hurt. Thatcher also has never seen a carb in a single, like a day in his life. That guy doesn't doesn't even know what a carb is. Like, Yeah. So you watch NXT a little bit more than I do. Um, what's what's yeah. the build been like for Thatcher and Ciampa? It's been weird. Champa was just beating the shit out of everybody, mainly Velveteen <laughs> Dream. Rightfully uh, beating it, beating Dream. Yes, and I was like, "Oh, this turned him babyface." <laughs> so that's that's how it went. And then Thatcher's just been beating up all the new signees, Austin Gray, yep. and then um, it was when August Gray, August Gray, right? And then Sky, I don't know what he's been beating up all the new people. Yeah, he's been and beating then, on uh, the beating on the new people. People. So then. Champa showed up one of his things and then he beat he beat him down and then this last week uh another new guy one of the new signings was already on TV yeah. with Thatcher and then they tricked him and then Thatcher beat him down but he, when he was choking him out Champa's I don't know how Champa did it but his veins in his head was insane <laughs> it looked like he was legit but he probably was legit he probably told Thatcher like choke me out for reals yeah no like that wouldn't surprise me either because Thatcher is, I mean, he was part of um, RingConf, which was yes. him and Walter, Walter and Killer Kelly. We didn't, even, and, we didn't even talk about Walter's match. Ugh. My chest hurts thinking about it. Oh, sorry. That's 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 going to come up in the awards, the awards stuff yes. later. Um, so who do you got here? Thatcher and it Chompa. has to be Thatcher. Chompa doesn't need to win this. Because he's not going for Goldie, because they've already ran that storyline with Finn, and Thatcher just loses all all the he lost to he won against Riddle, but since then all he does is lose. Yeah, um, that's been the impression I've got. I know that he recently tapped out to Kashida, which seems mm-hmm. really weird. Well, it was because uh, Champa came out and attacked attacked him. him. Okay, yeah. um, and then Kashida's city Kashida's won like three straight months, but. I'm assuming they're waiting for Finn Balor to come back to start that feud. That would be, that would make sense. Um, yeah. 
I'm... But I really want to see Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, so going off a tangent, but yeah. No, that's. I'm sure there's some Super Junior and Bosa, there's Bosa and, and mm-hmm. for J Cup stuff. You could probably find two, those two going at it. Um, I'm gonna go with Ciampa. Um, with how expendable they've shown Thatcher to be, um. I wonder if they're going to try to position Ciampa to be into the North American title picture after this. Oh, I don't want him to kill Leon Ruff. <laughs> well, that's if Leon Ruff even survives a match, which we'll talk about later. Um, yes. Uh, next match we'll talk about here is Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes in a strap match. I do not care at all about this match. Tell me why I should care, Rich. Um, because he has PTSD from the zombies. Oh, okay. Oh, well, uh, should have just led with that. They should have, this should have ended at Halloween Havoc. It should have. But for some reason, they're extending it a little more. Loomis does have a receipt coming for the whip that he put on Cameron Grimes as he was trying to escape the ring. I don't know if it was (laughs) on purpose. I don't know if uh, Cameron Grimes was supposed to get out of the ring, but either way, it left a welt on my back. Yeah. That looked a little bit rough. Um, I 100% agree with you. This feud probably should have ended at Halloween Havoc. Um, I love Cameron Grimes. I think he's an amazing character. Um, I liked him back when he was Trevor Lee. He's a guy who knows how to work the mic. He's great in ring too. Um, I just, I guess, I just don't, I don't see what they're doing here. Like, is this just to keep Dexter Loomis on screen? Are they? trying to put Cameron into a position where he's a contender for something. Yeah. I, it's, it's a really weird match and just, to, just a storyline in general, how long it's been going. And I don't mm-hmm. see either of them benefiting from it at the moment. If that makes sense. Yeah. That makes it sense. It feels like, Hey, we, we, we wanted to, we want to push these two guys. So we're going to put them in a few together, but that never, but they're not coming out both equally as strong. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to see who benefits from this. Um, I'm going to say Grimes wins this just because I think if there was a guy you'd want to come out of this as the winner, it's probably him. Maybe. Yeah, I, I want Grimes to win. Yeah, I think Grimes is the more interesting. I, I, I dig what Loomis does, but not enough to want to see him more. Yeah, I, 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 like so. WWE has this weird thing where they always feel like they have to keep their people in matches mm-hmm. on like TV. They want to be like, hey, I want to push them. I want to put them on TV. It's like Dexter Loomis, but AEW is like, hey, we're just gonna show a promo. Like, say for Archer, that has I feel like he hasn't been on TV for six weeks, but all of a sudden he came out and attacked Eddie Kingston. I was like, oh, oh that's how that's how you book him. Yeah, like, it's not hard. No. It's it has been cool that they've they've been doing that. Um, it's like I don't see the Young Bucks on TV. I haven't seen I've seen FT, I'm CFTR this next week for the first time since All Out or whatever what was the last paper All Out. Uh, so it's like gear. I don't need to see the same people. Of, was it Full Gear? Yeah, yeah Full gear. gear. I don't need to see I don't need to see the same people every week. Like yeah. hey, rotate these guys in and out. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at like what's happening with Keith Lee. He he's on TV every week, but he's not really winning not matches, doing not doing anything. Yeah, Fondness and makes the, every, the heart grow. Yes, it's it's weird. It is. 
Um, stronger, but I hope Trevor. I mean, Cameron Grimes wins this one. Yeah, I do too. Because I don't think Dexter Dexter Loomis doesn't need a win. Like he he's his character does his character does not doesn't need a W. It's a it, it, yeah. It he doesn't need a W, and he's just there. He's just there. Um, number match number three, the champion Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest, triple threat for the NXT North American Championship. Leon Ruff. The Leon Ruff. The man was Leon on. Ruff. Oh, during the pandemic, possible. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he was on Raw, SmackDown, main event, NXT. He was making towns, as it were. Yeah. Um, it's been a really fun and interesting storyline with having him as the unexpected uh, North American champion. Um, it kind of, to a certain extent, it does feel like a retread of, for Gargano at least, of the Sasha Banks storyline of, I can't defend my title. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to see this guy get some shine because he is not what you would call a, a like a, a stereotypical WWE champion, something that Vince likes, a dude who's big and bulky. He's a smaller guy. He's pretty thin. Um, really, really fun to watch. The, the title, as his other Ruff. people said, you don't use a title as a belt. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't fit into it. He's just like, he like Priest puts it on him and it falls right to his like ankles. Very funny. Oh, yeah. But, um, but this is kind of a, it, I mean, he's very much being used to a certain extent as a, an accessory to the Damien Priest, Johnny Gargano storyline. Um, but I don't know where this goes. Is this where we, we also have the weird ghost face stuff happening with Gargano as well? Yeah. Um, it's awesome theory, right? I don't know. Well, there's like three there's, now. There's like he three. Has three. I wouldn't be surprised he, uh, if it was the Rascals either. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I want the Rascals with Bivens. Yeah, I want everyone. Like, with, I want everyone with Bivens. Also true. Um, but it's weird. I don't know what, like you were saying earlier, like Aragano, like he's just kind of around doing stuff. Still being. Yeah, like, I don't get why they just. Yeah, why they can't just put him in the tag team division? Ah, I mean, there has to be somebody out there they can pair him with and that's how him and Ciampa were basically just thrown together and that worked out really really well yeah very well um so who do you see coming out of this match as the winner oh I want to say I want to say Leon Ruff but I can't say Leon Ruff because the ghost face guys there yeah waste it it has to be Leon Ruff Leon Ruff's gonna get one of those weird uh, roll up pins coming out yeah I'm going to go with Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff. That's a good pick. Um, I want to see Damian Priest come out of this thing with that title because he's too much of a goddamn rock star and not have that title. Like that pose they had on his first title defense where it was the silhouette, but you could kind of still see the title. Like that's a superstar silhouette right there. Yeah. I'm sure if Vince saw him, he he would push him to the moon. Oh, yeah. I was like, this man... He, I was like, he oozes it, and then I was like, he has his voice. He has a good, like, he just has a badass voice. And yeah. then I'm just like, damn. I was he, like, this guy's. He just 
Push him. He won a title and then immediately in full gear jumped in a hot tub. Hot <laughs> like, tub. The guy's in like insane. It's amazing. It's a character, and that's what WWE sometimes forgets that people Gets. like to see. They like to see characters. Um as much as my heart though does want Damian Priest to win, it's gonna be Johnny Gargano, and I'm gonna be so mad about Gano. it. I'll be like, because there's no way you can like the whole ghost face thing. The only way to really continue that right is if that title gets back to Gargano. Is that, that I think that makes sense to me. Makes too much sense. Yeah, and that's probably why it's not going to happen. Uh, let's move on to our fourth match here. Our first of two War Games matches. Undisputed Era versus Pat McAfee, Peter Dune, Danny Birch, and Oni Lorcan. This is going to be really fun, right? It's going to be a fun match. Oni said he wants to go fund me because he wants to kill He's like, He's, he's gonna hurt himself. But this match is gonna be. <laughs> this match it's is gonna, gonna be great. great. Yeah, it's Dun- gonna be so Pete good. Dun- it, it has to open with Pete Dunn versus Roderick Strong, right? I it hope has, so. That's the op- opening. I I mean, their storyline wise, there's so Roderick, much there. When was the last time Roderick? Yeah, when was the last time Roderick Strong hit a backbreaker? I don't know. He's gonna hit a wicket. He's gonna hit like twelve wicket ones. If he doesn't break Pat McAfee's back at some point, I'm going to be so mad. Um, yeah. Pat, Pat McAfee. Who's did, doing this? No, who's doing off the cage bump? I hope it's Pat McAfee. Yes. McAfee, um, God. Like, he came in for that Pat, match against Adam Cole, and it was a really good match. Yeah. You know, Promo-wise, incredible. Um. I don't know how this match goes though. Like, how McAfee do you see this playing, right? I don't know. M- M- McAfee has to win. He took the first L. They can't go. He can't go zero and two. And I he figure could. this is going to be Roderick. This is where Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish turn on Adam Cole and and, uh, and sh- Kyle O'Reilly, and we get Future Shock. Maybe. At- has to be right, and I don't, I don't think Undisputed ever has ever won War Games. <laughs> they haven't. They've been in like all three, and they've lost all three. So all three, maybe, yeah. maybe that's why I think. So I look at this match, and I see, I see Birch, and I see Oni, and those are two guys who definitely can take a pin. And you can probably say the yes. same thing about Fish and Strong as well. Yeah. But um, it. It seems weird. Like, yeah, Pat's team losing would it, it would kind of be a loss for Pat, but at the same time, um, you could say, well, he didn't directly lose. His team lost, but it was Oni that got lost. Hit, Birch that got hit. Yeah, uh, and I think you have to give these guys, you have to give Undisputed Era a win in this match. Like they've been the loser every time. time. Adam Cole out there taking suplexes off the top, <laughs> top like. We have to we have to make sure Britt Baker doesn't feel bad about him, about him potentially. Yeah, dying. like at least give him a win. Um, it was last year where she it was her shock face, right? Yeah, it was her shock face that they accidentally or intentionally, who knows, caught on is intentional. Um, I so for this, I'm going to say undisputed era wins purely about purely on that fact that they haven't won one of these matches. Pat's not a regular. He's great, but he's not a regular. Um. 
I have, uh, you know, and, and there's a, they're a makeshift team. Although makeshift teams seem to be doing much better than great usual teams. <laughs> teams, <laughs> yes. Um, Unfortunately. So you're going with Pat, Team Pat, and I'm going Team Undisputed. Okay. Imagine the heat. Jeez. It'd be pretty good. Um, finally, our last match, Team Shotzi, which is Shotzi Blackheart, Amber Moon, and uh, Amber Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai versus Team Candice, which is Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. Um, so what's the build like? What's the build been like for this match? Because this one seems a little, a little weirder than the one for the men's. Well, yeah. So they've been building this Shotzi versus uh, Candice LeRae forever, mm-hmm. and then I didn't think it was gonna lead to war games. I was like, oh, Shotzi's the captain. She's gonna pick a weird team because I was like, she's not gonna pick Io. She's not gonna pick Rhea. I was like, Ember Moon, Tony Storm. Okay, that's fine. But then Tony's turned on Ember yeah. and joined their team. And then Raquel Gonzalez and them just like beating up people, so they joined the team too. And then so they beat up Ember Moon. That's why she she was the first one to join the team. Mm-hmm. They beat down Rhea. That's why she joined the team. And then they beat down Io too. So that's why she joined the team. So basically, so just been to like, get on Team Shotzi, you had to get your ass kicked by Team Candice to to get on. And it's so weird because Shotzi, you would say she's the lowest of the star power. But I think Shotzi's a star, but I was like Rhea, Eo, and Ember, and I was like, you can't be the team captain, but then be Shotzi. I I absolutely I love Shotzi, oh, yeah. if that makes sense. I absolutely so I adore like, oh, Shotzi. Like, uh she's another person I've got to see quite gonna, a bit on the indies. Uh, she's gonna kill herself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm scared. No regard she for said her. Own she, <laughs> Yeah, she's she's already said that she's been dreaming about the spot she's gonna do, and it's gonna and you know it's gonna be absolutely insane. Um, I I do think, I mean, you're right. When you look at her team, she probably is on the the low end on the prior. I should say the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, popularity scale. Yeah, yes. Like obviously, right right now, now. because I mean, you you can't really be the number one when you have the damn women's champion on the same team, right? Yeah. Um it's a really yeah, it's, a, it's a really good team. Um Ember this will be Ember's probably her first real big match since returning, which is cool. Yes. Um Rhea, probably since she left NXT. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, ever since yeah, the last big one she had was like what? Baszler, I think. Baszler, yeah. Um Rhea Ripley <sighs> Boy, hasn't recovered. Poor Rhea. After losing yeah. to Charlotte at Mania, it's just been nothing for her. Absolutely yeah. nothing. And, you, and there's no way that was Triple H's call. No way. No way. That was that was Vince. Got to add Charlotte. Oh, we got them, pal. Got to protect the flair. Um, yeah. I still love Rhea. She's still great. Um, they just haven't been really doing She'll much get- with her. Yeah, she just lost all her momentum. Yeah, I'm really interested in Team Candice. Um, it all, I Tony Storm doesn't make sense, but Candice paired with Dakota and Gonzalez makes a lot of sense. They're yeah, sense. Your, your top three heels in the women's division right now. Um, it would have been cool to see Mercedes Martinez in that Tony Storm spot because 
she I thought for sure she was gonna be the fourth one. I I assumed she was gonna be the fourth on one of these teams. Didn't know which, yeah, but, but I th- I thought they said she's not showing up right now because her son mm. has high oh. issues or he, high risk. High risk. That makes sense. That's why that's why she has to be off and something happened. That makes total sense. Uh, yeah. Um. So that's why she hasn't been on TV. Okay. That's yeah. Uh. Completely understandable too. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Um. Tony Storm was a face, then became a heel. Um, yeah. Tony Storm just returning as well. Um, Correct. So I'm going to go with Team Shotzi because it's a babyface team. This has someone, no, someone's turning because the babyfaces for the first time ever have the advantage. So who's the one that's turning though? It has to be Rhea. Man. That's oh man, I could see that. Rhea turning. Or Eo turning on all of them, but that'd be weird too. She's your top champion. She's such a, yeah. I know she's such a good face though. She but she could be a heel too. Yeah, she really can do both, but then you look at like her next like possible um contenders, right? Which is probably Tony and Ember. Um yeah. I guess you could make her a heel and have her go against Ember, but then what do you do about like everyone on the women's the on the Candace team, they're your your probably your next challengers. Yeah. Dakota's been doing really good. Um Raquel's doing good. She's not a not someone that's gonna win the title, but she's doing good. Um Dakota should have won the title. Yeah. She probably should have. Um I don't know. That's tough. I could maybe someone turns. Um, but more than that, Shotzi's a star. Yeah, and I think the that Shotzi Eo match was really good. That match was really good, and it's very clear they are very high on Shotzi. They gave her the hosting duties for Halloween Havoc. They allowed her to ride out on her tank, which was really cool. Something she did on the Indies. Um, I I'm a hundred percent certain we're gonna see a a new tank. Maybe they all have tanks because they show well. Amber and Rhea showed her they opened something and something was glowing green mm. and she's like oh my god and I was like oh they got her a new big ass they got tank her... she's, gonna in the... she's gonna come in an actual tank not like Triple H and DX it's not just gonna be some jeep it'll be an actual tank uh, yeah right the only person I could see on the hill team getting the pin like would be Tony Storm, Storm that's the bad Wallace. thing so that's yeah, Gonzalez. But she just lost to Rhea clean, so it's like a weird spot to be in. Yeah. And then like on the way on the face side, I can see all of them getting the pin. Yeah, that's very true. I think I'm coming around to that. Um, I'm gonna agree with you. I think it's gonna be Team Candace. And I think I'm gonna go one step further and say EO gets pinned. That way you can set up your next top women's match. When was the last time you got pinned? I don't know. I don't think I don't think she's lost in a long time. That would make it pretty stunning champions. too. Yeah, she's been the champion since In Your House, which was what was that? July earlier this year. Uh, yeah, and then she hadn't before that. She was on a hot streak. Yeah, well, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. At least they're booking but, someone right. Right. They get they're getting a few people right, but yeah. yeah. 
a few is being the, the operative word there. But yeah, I could see like Dakota pinning EO to set up that match or maybe even Candace. You know, they got to do something. They got to they gotta move someone out in front there to really solidify it. But that is our War Games predictions. Yeah. Outstanding. Should be a fun show. Um, I think that's everything we had on our itinerary to discuss. Yeah. Yes. Fun. A little well, bit rambly, but fun. Yeah. It was good to talk the, the biz again. Been a while. It's been almost a year since we talked about the biz. Um, final housekeeping. Uh, thank you for all those, first and foremost, that stayed through and listened to all this. Um, we haven't, you know, we haven't done one of these, like we just said, we haven't done one of these in a while. And it's not our usual sports type stuff. Though, if you do want to listen to our sports type stuff, week 13 of the NFL, that podcast is out right now on all fine podcast providers. Go on there, download it, hear Rich and Brandon talk about week 13. Um, coming up, we're going to obviously, there's going to be a week 14 pod. We may do wrestling, another one, maybe some NBA free agency. Who knows? Uh, I know that they're going to do NBA over and unders for sure. For sure. Ah. Yes. It's been very fun. It's been a very fun free agency, too, with everything that's happened with John Wall and Russell Westbrook. Um, everything. Everything's real fun right now with the NBA. And it's coming up on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited as well. If you want to follow us, um, like I just said, we're on all fine podcast providers. You can also check us out at what's our official Retro? Twitter? Red show. That's red show. Yeah, there we go. I had to ask the, I had to ask our Twitter guy what our <laughs> what our pod is. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. I believe it's at Spread Show as well. Thank you for listening. Go on all those podcast providers. Give us five stars. This is where you say no Tokyo Dome, Rich. And I want no Tokyo Dome. There we go. I probably don't even watch Tokyo. Is it even in the Tokyo? Who knows? You got it. <laughs>